Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. I've got a number of things to go over here. I've got some audio from a father and his daughter. I have also some audio from one of America's frontline doctors discussing the impact of the jabs on children and how they have no business taking it whatsoever. And again, she gets into the immune, uh, the immune system as well and how the children's immune system provides a buffer between the parents being ill and simply by, again, that we're talking about pre-jab now. We're not talking about post-jab because unfortunately that's another story for itself. But when children are around one another and they are around their parents who haven't received the jab, the likelihood of them, again, becoming remarkably healthy and strengthening their immune system is, is a natural occurrence that happens with every child, and that's the point. The point is not to separate children, and she gets into that a little bit when she's talking about how shocked she was that the schools were closed down a year ago, and that the moment that that started happening, that was, that was very disturbing to her beyond the psychological impact and the psychological level, but uh, basically from an immune system standpoint. Because again, the Fauci's of the world and all these other criminals, they've been telling people to stay away from one another. And that's not how the immune system needs to operate. To strengthen the immune system, people have to be around one another. That's, that's the point. But that's again, we're, that's pre-COVID jab people now. Because again, with the spike protein shedding, which I've brought up here before in the past, and has been discussed at length from America's frontline doctors, the people that, that, that have received the jabs um, may be harming their children as a result of being around them. Now, again, I, I, I know that that's a serious subject and something that's maybe some would consider controversial, but it is happening because America's frontline doctors are receiving countless emails stating that that is in fact the case. But first, very briefly, I want to bring up Fauci's emails. Dr. Anthony Fauci's emails, which were requested by Judicial Watch and Tom Fitton through a Freedom of Information Act request. And what has happened, of course, is now these emails are out there, and they're all bouncing around, and they are awful. Basically, in summary, he's a liar and a criminal. It's that simple. By keeping hydroxychloroquine away from people, by getting on television and lying to people about hydroxychloroquine and its effectiveness and uh, the, the likelihood of, of COVID hurting people, or the lack of it hurting people, I should say, was all suppressed by him and countless other individuals. And it was, it's clear in these emails that they were doing whatever they could to get on the same page to basically mislead everybody. Now again, for those of us that read about this consistently and been paying attention to this from the start, we knew that this COVID thing, which of course, coronavirus, but that's not what COVID means. They mean two completely separate things. That it was completely manufactured. In fact, one of the emails says so. The individual who emails this says, oh, by the way, Dr. Fauci, here's how coronavirus was created or SARS-CoV-2 or whatever the hell it's called. So he goes right through it. He goes right through it step by step. And there you have it, the actual letters HIV. HIV is included in the makeup of the coronavirus, of this COVID, uh, coronavirus 2, as it were. There's a lot of similarities between HIV and, and this SARS-CoV-2 from a variety of standpoints. Number one, the presence of a 
of a spiked protein because the same thing exists in HIV, which tricks the body into thinking it's healthy, and it's not. And then when an individual gets sick, the immune system doesn't react appropriately to the illness because it recognizes the spike protein as being there and, and being safe and being okay, which means the illness then takes over the individual. The other similarities to HIV and the jab that people have received is that you cannot, they're now recommending that you, that you should not breastfeed because this virus and this spike protein that, that has been now injected into some people who have taken these jabs is that it works its way through the breast milk. That's number one. Number two, the likelihood again of an individual getting pregnant is remarkably low. Number three, if they do get pregnant, the question becomes, are they passing that on through the placenta and the umbilical cord to the child? See, all of this, these are all the characteristics of HIV. And again, having taught it in the past and knowing that HIV was a, was a manufactured virus, it was not some natural occurrence. Again, it was manufactured for the purpose of, of, uh, of, eu of eugenics and of population control. And it targeted particular populations and particular individuals, and there you have it. So the question I have is this. Now that, you, now that it passes through breast milk, now that they don't want people who have taken the jabs to donate blood ever to anybody, is it sexually transmitted? That's my question. Again, having taught this in the past at the K-12 level, that, that becomes my next question because it has all of the characteristics of being so similar to HIV and transmission that the last big question is, is an individual who has received the jabs, is it sexually transmitted now? So that's another question for America's frontline doctors. That's another question for uh, the five doctors that a lot of individuals have heard of, some of them being uh, Dr. Maje and Dr. Tenpenny and Dr. Merritt and so on and so forth. That would be the next line of questions for them, I think. And that's certainly a question that I would ask. Yeah, Dr. Fauci, criminal, go figure. Never had to wear masks either, ladies and gentlemen. If you wore them, you never had to wear them in the first place. Go figure. We knew this, though. Again, for those of us that have been reading about this and know about psychological warfare and brainwashing and mind control and delusion and mass delusion and XYZ, we knew that the mask was a control device. That's all that it was. And they put this on children. So here's my next point. My next point with this is, is, is very simple, and I've brought this up in the past, and I'll keep bringing it up. Now that these emails are out there, and, and some of the individuals in the media are running cover, for Anthony Fauci. Uh, it's the school boards that you have to go after. It's the local health departments that you have to go after. Because like I said a number of episodes ago, from a legal standpoint, I must have said this back in like January, from a legal standpoint, what they're going to do is, is they're all going to say, well, we took their advice. Okay, their advice was wrong. We're, you know, they're not even going to apologize. They're just, gonna, they're just going to deflect. It's the old plausible deniability. They're going to say, well, we didn't know, we didn't know, we took the best advice, these are the head health experts, quote-unquote, using finger quotes, but that's what they're going to say. And every single school district now that is mandating masks, they should be sued into oblivion, but you cannot forget that they are an entity in and of themselves, which means they're so local 
that you have to vote them out. They themselves are local government. They're supposed to be making decisions based on facts that they themselves have investigated right down to the core. Because again, that very skill of reading, and it's not tough, it's not hard to read, but you have to open up your mind and you have to start clicking on things that you may say, well, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to watch that. Or that's uncomfortable. I don't want to hear that. Or that's uncomfortable. I don't want to read that. No, that's, that's the voice of Satan telling you to not, to not click on things and to not read things. You've got to, you've got to read that stuff. You've got to break through that that doubt barrier and that cognitive dissonance. You have to get through it. And every K-12 school district hasn't done that. Every K-12 school district that was mandating the masks and the social distancing and we can't be together and everybody has to go home and whatever else, they've all engaged now in the largest abuse, both medically, physically, socially, mentally, emotionally as well on children and staff members that has ever taken place in the history of our country, in the history of the world, perhaps. This is absolutely massive. So you can't forget these people. You cannot forget what these people have done. You can't forget their names, and you have to vote them out, run against them. Like I've said in the past, you point at them and you say, you were the individuals that believed all these criminals. We doubted them from the start. Vote for me. Vote for us. And then you have to just run right through the superintendent and fire them. And then you run right through the district office and you get rid of them. Like I've said in the past too, how many times are you willing to continue to be a part of an abusive relationship with a K-12 abusive school district? You've got to make a decision and you'd best decide now because the fall is coming. And as I've said in the past here, what's going to happen in the fall Last year was just a test run. Now that you've got all these people that have taken the jabs and they're all going to get back together with one another and they're going to all start getting sick, what's going to happen this coming fall is going to be something that, again, those of us that study this on a consistent basis can clearly see coming. But those that don't, I'm telling you what, they're going to get the shock of a lifetime. And that's not an exaggeration. Okay. It's also worth mentioning this, and, and this was an interesting thing that I came across, was that I came across a, a relatively recent, I want to say maybe it's less than a week old, but it was a, a Dr. Tenpenny interview, and I believe it was on BitChute, and she was on this guy's show, and he's basically just letting her talk about the spike proteins and the, and the impact that it has on teenagers in XYZ, and, and the host of the show said that his daughter was dating a guy who had had the jabs. And I'm telling you what, without hesitation, no humor involved with a straight face and a closed mouth after saying this, Dr. Tenpenny looked at him and said, your daughter needs to find a new boyfriend. And then there was this long pause. And then he said, well, you know, it's really too bad because I really like him and he's a really nice guy and whatever. And she interrupts him again, stone cold, no, no humor, dead, dead serious. And looks at him and says, your daughter needs to find a new boyfriend. There are a lot of men out there. Your daughter needs to find a new boyfriend. Just like that. Again, 
she's not fear-mongering. She's, she's, she's telling the truth here because those are the doctors that are receiving countless emails from countless people uh, and other medical professionals saying, here's what we're seeing, here's what's going on. Again, kill your television. Kill your television. The voices on your TVs are not telling you the truth. The Dr. Oz's, the Gupta's, the Fauci's, these losers. These people are owned. They're owned and they have handlers. And and that's just the way that it is. They're not going to bring you the truth. That that rests on your shoulders as an individual. It always rests on our shoulders as individuals to find out the truth for ourselves. That's the point. That's always the point. So with that said, I want to play this little audio here. It's, it's 25 minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing. But the summary here from Gateway Pundit, and again, I'm going to play the audio because it comes from someone else's audio show or someone else's podcast, but it's titled, Dr. Farella of America's Frontline Doctors, No COVID Jabs for Kids, Children Have Robust Immune Systems, and Confer Immunity to Adults. So I'm going to play that audio right now. Here we go. Joining me today, pediatric medical doctor for America's frontline doctors, specializing in pediatrics and behavior management, pediatric therapy, sports medicine, wellness programs, a member of the America's frontline doctors. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Angelina Farella. How are you, doctor? I'm doing great. Did I say your Thank name you. right? Farella? Yeah. Barella. Okay, uh-huh. I love the name Angelina. Love it. So, all right, so you are with Doctors for America's Frontline Doctors, and I know that just recently you all had taken issue with the vaccine for children under 16 years of age. And we're seeing this now, you know, they're really pushing, there's an effort to get young children vaccinated. And I would even ask you at some point to address children going into, young adults going into college, because a lot of colleges are telling friends of mine that their children cannot attend classes unless they are fully vaccinated. So let's start with the children under 16 years old. You have a concern about vaccinating children that young. Yes, ma'am. We, you know, here's, here's the biggest drive home point is that COVID does not affect children. COVID, um, and children has this wonderful relationship, which is unlike any other infectious disease. The kids actually act like a buffer. They have a 99.997% survivability. Okay. So when you take that into account and the fact that they are sick, maybe 12 to 24 hours with a cold, like, illness and then they move on and they're totally fine, they actually confer a lot of immunity to the adults around them um, when it comes to COVID. Now, other things, not so much, but with COVID, they have seen that over and over again in um, multiple um, articles, you know, even early on from China, when I first started to get worried about COVID, you know, this is even before we started lockdowns and everything. I started doing my research because I heard about some unusual virus in China um, that was SARS-like, and so I started doing my little rabbit hole research. And early on, they were showing that kids were basically left alone, which is really nice. And if they did get sick, it was mostly from a mother. Um, so if their mom was sick, they would catch it from their mother, generally speaking. They would have a much more milder disease. It was really unusual for them to get super sick. And um, like I said, they have a 99.997 survivability. It's great. 
what did you mean about the immunity um, to adults that they can confer to adults? Can you explain so, that to so me? Children, sure. So children um, have this very unique immune system. Their system works a lot differently than adults. So under the age of 14 specifically, they have this very robust immune system. It, um, they have something called a thymus. Um, that eventually involutes and goes away with years of age um, that produces T-cells, okay? So T-cells is what we've been talking about for long-term immunity, right? So they have this awesome ability to make T-cells without memory cells. So they they actually make the T-cells to infections almost immediately. Um, And that's kind of why they are conferring this immunity because now they have that immunity. So every time they cough, they're coughing their immunity on you. Um, so early on, I was telling people, don't separate yourself from small children. This is the one time you shouldn't separate yourself from small kids because they have that unique um, ability. They can so, bestow immunity on their parents if they yeah. were coughing, if they had COVID. That's astounding to me, and I don't think I've ever heard that. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's why it didn't make sense to me early on when we were closing the schools and the teachers were afraid the kids were going to bring home all these weird diseases and stuff. I'm like, no, the kids are actually the best part of this whole disease. Why are we doing this to our kids? So this is part of the reason why I was kind of losing my mind a little bit early on. Why are we doing this to our kids? Why are we taking them out of school? Why are the teachers afraid to talk to the kids? The kids are the best part about this whole disease, and now we're, we're almost punishing them at this point. So there's no reason, honestly, for them to even get a vaccine at this point. Fifty Up to 50% of them. This is what the experts say, okay? I'm, you know, I'm a pediatrician. I have a solo practice in a small town in Texas. And I mean, I saw this. I was an in, I'm an independent physician, been one for years and years, 25 years. And so to me, it just didn't make sense. Why are we not treating our kids like on a pedestal? Because they are the buffer. I'm going to stop it there because one of the things that's consistently said, in particular from Dr. Simone Gold and Tenpenny and Merritt and so on and so forth, is that people have to stop calling it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. A vaccine is when you isolate an actual virus and then you can replicate it and then give it to individuals to create an immune response inside of the body once it's injected. I don't even recommend people doing that. It's absolutely ridiculous and the poisons that are, that are, that that accompany the actual virus, um, so to speak, are, are cancerous. They're carcinogens. But people have got to stop calling it a vaccination because it's not. It's completely manufactured, just like SARS-CoV-2 was completely manufactured. These are not natural occurring things. Neither is the jab that people are receiving, believing that it's preventing against something. And I've been over those statistics in the past before. It's less than 1% immunity to any coronavirus when you get the jab, which means not effective at all far less effective than a flu jab, which are not effective either. So I could go on and on and on about it, but you get the point. I'm going to link the entire uh, interview here, which is on Rumble, to to the description below, into the description below if you want to hear the rest of it. And I highly recommend it because, again, I've only played about four or five minutes of it. And it comes from a show titled Rose Unplugged. So, again, that'll be in the description. Fauci's emails will also be in the description, an entire link and searchable platform on Scribd, I believe, 
uh, will be in the description below as well. If you want to check those out, I highly recommend it. You could also bounce around on Gab and greatawakening.win. They've got lots of his emails bouncing around there if you're interested in reading them. And they're, again, they're awful. But I want to play this last piece of audio too and then describe what's going on in Nelson County because, again, we're going to have Vanessa Hurst back on the, back on the show here. And uh, it's, it's, again, what, what's going on in Nelson County is astounding. It's, it's absolutely horrific. But I want to play this audio first because this audio perfectly describes um, what a distraction both critical race theory and the uh, pedophilic cartoons and the pedophilic instruction and all of that is. All of that is a giant distraction. There is a bigger problem. And as I've said in the past, it's the people that are that are in these school districts and their ideologies that are the actual problem. You have to get rid of the people before you can get rid of the program. So you've got to get rid of the people first. But here's a father and his daughter who have critical race theory completely figured out, and you're not fooling them. So here we go. Daddy teaches you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're black or white or any color. doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, yellow, yellow. right? Black. And, and how we treat people is based on who yeah. they are and not and what color nice. they are. And if they're nice and smart. See, this is how this is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not going to happen. My baby's going to know that no matter what she wants to be in life, all she has to do is work hard, and she can become that. Work hard even though you don't know anyone. You can make friends. <laughs> yeah, you can make friends, no matter what color they are. So we need to stop CRT, period, point blank. Children do not see skin color, man. They love everybody. If they're good people, they love them. We pray for people that are hurt. Oops. That pretty much blows it up, doesn't it? But see, the people that are peddling the critical race theory, as I've said in the past, it's about laziness. It has nothing to do with them actually doing their job or learning the right thing. It has to do with laziness. And if they can get paid for being lazy and get paid for not doing anything at their, at their place of employment, then as far as they're concerned, they've got it made. And if they can divide people and get people to hate one another, they've got it made. I saw this I saw this start to creep in back when I was in college in the early 2000s. I really started to see that and it was a it was a teaching habit first that started to take place where the teacher instead of standing up in front of the room or the professor and actually just teaching us, they would let the students argue back and forth. They would let the students quote-unquote debate. That became a massive problem because I remember dropping a class specifically because that's all that was happening. I just stood up and I left. I just stood up and left. And then I brought the drop slip to the professor and I said, I want out of your class. And that was it. And it took a while for him to sign it because he didn't want to sign the drop slip. And I said, well, you're going to have to sign it. Uh, You don't have a choice. Ultimately, They ended up signing it, and that was the end of it. But when a professor or a teacher is creating an environment that is purposefully divisive based on nothing and based on lies, you have a serious problem. But again, 
countless people can see through it regardless of their skin color. Countless, because skin color doesn't think. We're talking about behaviors here. So the people who are peddling it have horrible, horrible behaviors. And that's a massive problem. So with that aside, and it kind of ties all in together here, the biggest problem are the people within K-12 school environments that are peddling all of this. The medical misinformation, the child abuse. Well, we had to do the social distancing. We had to do the mask wearing. Uh, this critical race theory garbage, you know, we, it's not garbage at all. We have to get them to think about things. All of it's a giant lie. All of it is a lie. And what we're watching in real time is the entire system crumble. We're watching it all crumble based on lies. More and more individuals are now homeschooling than ever before. Specifically, a 700% increase from last year alone. 700% increase in homeschooling. And once they homeschool, ladies and gentlemen, they don't go back. They don't go back. So you've got to keep that in mind too. Again, once you've seen the sunshine, the clouds don't look so good anymore. The storm coming doesn't look so good anymore. And that's one of the things that people have figured out of all races, and it's absolutely fantastic. So, again, the two things that are going to be in the description are Fauci's emails and a link to those, along with the audio interview that I just played earlier with the doctor, with the medical doctor, the pediatrician. And Again, I want Vanessa Hurst back on the program, and I've invited her back, and she's going to be back on because their superintendent was on their local radio station in Bardstown, Kentucky, and it was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever heard, just mind-numbingly embarrassing. He's lying to everybody in that school district. He's lying to everybody in the community. The two radio hosts are so old and out of touch that they have no idea that they're being lied to to their faces. They have no idea how big all of this is. And for those of us, again, that have been studying this and examining this for a number of years, I mean, people like that are never going to get it. So, again, to Nelson County, your superintendent is lying to you to your face. And he is purposefully making your entire school district and the students who graduate from it ineligible for college and university settings by creating no grades for classes, useless classes, and then by the time a college or a university is reading through your application, they're going to look at your diploma, they're going to look at your transcript, your high school transcript, and they're going to laugh at it. And then they're going to crumple it up and throw it away. And you're not going to be qualified to even attend a university, let alone an online university. That's the communistic plan. It's to make everybody ineligible and unqualified once they leave high school, which means then what? Then you're stuck. Then you're stuck. You have no job skills. You have no education skills. Your reading and writing skills are minimalized at the very least, and then you're stuck. So we're going to have her back on the program shortly too. Have a great weekend. Catch you Monday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>